goal of Data Transformers podcast is to accelerate digital transformation by bridging the gap between business outcomes and rapidly advancing technologies. And we aim to bridge this gap by focusing on data. I am Peggy Sai, top 50 women in tech influencer, co-author of the AI book and data governance expert. I'm Ramesh Danta, an entrepreneur, a tech blogger, and AI enthusiast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Data Transformers podcast. Uh, and today I'm, I'm excited to introduce Krishna Chariot. He is the vice president and the head of digital data and analytics at Zoetis. So Krishna, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. Welcome. All right. So Krishna, let's get started with your current engagement at Zoetis. And uh, what is Zoetis? What does it do? And what are your responsibilities at Zoetis as the VP and head of data and digital analytics? Yeah, Zoetis is the world's largest animal health company. It, uh, it had its origins coming out of Pfizer. It used to be a subsidiary of Pfizer, became an independent company in 2013. And since then has been an, you know, an amazing journey to reimagine animal health. So when you look at Zoetis, the range of products that we have, uh, we have the traditional medicines, vaccines type products, but we have diagnostics and an increasing portfolio of digital products and services that benefit both the pet care business as well as the livestock business. It's a global company. Uh, we are across uh, multiple companies and uh, we have a unique opportunity to reimagine animal health with digital and analytics as a lever. And that's what uh, brought me to Zoetis in late uh, October of last year. Um, and my role within the company is to lead the digital uh, data and analytic value creation for our customers, as well as for our internal stakeholders. So when I, I report to our chief information and digital officer who reports to our CEO, and the unique opportunity that we have here is that uh, there is a, a healthy portfolio of AI, digital diagnostic products that we start with, but we have in more opportunities uh, in that space to transform customer journey, the connected care ecosystem in animal health. So that is one aspect. Internally, we have, through data and analytics, we have an opportunity to optimize our R&D, uh, optimize sales execution, uh, manufacturing and supply chain. So uh, the opportunity to influence both from a direct value to customers as well as internal optimization brought me here. And that's what, uh, the journey that we that I have undertaken. It is also uh, a case where the ambitions for the company is sky high from a digital data and analytics as, as our CEO and the CEO's leadership team reminds me uh, every day. Okay. But we, we are also on a journey to build out our capabilities, including talent. Uh, if you look at our, our LinkedIn announcements, you'll see new leadership team joining us on our analytic and data digital journey. And then uh, parallelly investing in the right set of data and tech stack to power those uh, analytic and digital ambitions. So uh, excited to be here. And, uh, and I think uh, we have a unique opportunity to shape as the largest animal health company in the animal healthcare space, we have a differentiated opportunity to influence digital evolution. It's, it's really exciting, Krishna, and I've certainly been following your, your career um, recently, at least. Um, you know, 
as a new CD, uh, you know, person head of analytics, uh, I almost see you as like the chief chief data officer. And we've yep. talked to other chief data officers on our podcast, and they've they've shared with us, you know, their their first hundred days, like you know, their first ninety days, what they've hoped to accomplish, what they're learning. Um, can you share with us um, the audience today? Um, you know, you're you're within that same time span. What specific things were you looking for um, when meeting your new colleagues and business stakeholders and partners? And what gaps um, were you looking to to fill? Like, you know, um, so curious to to get that type of mindset and thinking from you. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, it was recently talking to a newly uh, appointed chief data officer for a, a transportation and logistics company, and we were sharing notes. Um, and uh, I've learned the hard way through my journey as a chief data officer at Bristol Myers Squibb, and then now here that you have a limited honeymoon period when you come into roles like these. So at uh, Zoetis, I have a chief data analytics officer and head of digital strategy kind of a role. Uh, you come in with a lot of political capital, a lot of honeymoon, and a lot of expectations uh, riding on you. And when you come into that role in a non-digitally native company, which has uh, um, a, a legacy, a technical debt, a data debt, et cetera, you have to really uh, focus and you know put your chips in the <laughs> right slots, if you will. And the way I think about that is how do we establish credibility fast by focusing on the differentiated value creating opportunities so that you can build trust and credibility fast, but simultaneously start to think of in some of the longer lead time uh, journeys that you need to undertake to pivot the data and digital fabric of the company in a different direction, which doesn't happen overnight, especially if you or your starting point is not a clean slate as mm -hmm. a digitally native company, you have to really build on the backs of what I call the sins of the past. And then that journey doesn't, uh, it doesn't happen overnight. So uh, it is really a two track strategy, uh, if you will. On one track, it is established credible partnerships and, uh, and uh, with the business leaders across different areas through and find those areas where you can demonstrate value fast and build trusted relationships. And at the same time, start to lay out a, a, a a pragmatic roadmap to evolve the data and digital fabric in a better direction. And that two-speed mode uh, is particularly important uh, because I think you, if you, one without the other does not help you to uh, advance the agenda. The last thing, and it is something that I shared, uh, with, uh, it got published in a recently published book uh, called Trust. The, um, and the key idea there is that digital data and analytics don't progress in a company without a coalition developing around it. Mm. You, just by having a digital or data in your title, you're not gonna be able to advance it. So you really have to be constantly investing in those, uh, creating that coalition of the willing between business, analytic technology and data stakeholders so that you're able to progress it. And which means that somebody like me needs to be equally proficient leading from the front and leading from behind. And it cannot, you cannot make it all about yourself. And 
and that is something that I'm always acutely aware of in coming into those roles because there's a lot of hoopla around you arriving into an organization, this kind of a role. You need to really invest your political capital and chips wisely so that you can build a sustaining coalition that help you advance. Hmm. That's interesting, Sakrishnam. So you, when you come into an organization, right, you already have this established, the people are there, the processes are there, and some kind of a technology is there. You talked about the technology debt that's already that you're paying because of what's there, right? And then you all have existing processes. So, but one of the challenges, one of the, no, I shouldn't say challenges, but one of the key elements is the people, right? Either people are either consumers of data or the producers of data, or you know, people like you are the enablers of people either consuming or producers, right? So you have three classes of these people. So, but we don't think about data. So when I'm a chief mar marketing officer, I'm a product manager, I'm not thinking, yep. oh, right? So then how do you ensure, right, as an enabler that people should be digitally aware, data aware, and then help them, you know, make the decisions using this? I, I think maybe you talked about something called digital citizen, but can you talk a little bit about the people element yep. of the strategy? I think two uh, two part uh, two parts to that uh, that issue, and it is a real um, thing that anybody who is in a role that is uh, uh, tasked with advancing data and analytics need to be mindful of. One aspect is. Uh, traditionally, data organizations have been very guilty about talking a data language yeah. and, and, and metrics and KPIs that is very material for them, but immaterial for others. Correct. Uh, if I'm an, a business leader and I have a PL accountability and I have a top line to hit, that's what I'm worried about. And if this is helping me do that, great. <laughs> if not, nice. Uh, if I'm, I'm data or analytic inclined, I may be of interest, but it is of secondary nature. So I've uh, tried to uh, focus on a, what I call uh, an iceberg strategy, which is focus on the things that is above the waterline for all of those uh, stakeholders who are in business areas. Mm -hmm. Really talk, like if I'm talking to somebody in R&D, how, uh, how can I uh, enable them to accelerate the um, disc drug discovery process? How can we help data and analytics to optimize drug, uh, drug development? those kind of topics and then finding those uh, common areas of value creation. And then it is my job and those with data and technology as a part of it to, to really translate that into what it means internally. So, uh, when you talk to a sales and marketing audience focusing on uh, bus uh, business performance measures, how do you better target customers, those kind of topics, which is uh, uh, really material for their execution. So that's part one. Uh, so you don't you need both you need, below the waterline in terms of the data technology roadmap, the data foundation, the architecture revolution, um, analytics and data science built out, uh, AI, ML, all of that is re relevant. But it is really important to segment the conversation so that you establish uh, and you need to be a boundary spanner truly that you are able to span the boundary between the, the business strategy and the data analytic and tech strategy, which I envelop under the digital strategy bucket. So that is one part. Second aspect is then how do you think about um, elevating the digital quotient in the organization at large? Uh, traditionally, when you come into an organization which is not a digitally native company, mm -hmm. you, you, the digital becomes the and data or analytics becomes the domain of those who have that in their title. But you cannot really achieve material progression if you don't have 
a wider involvement across uh, the enterprise. So that's where this notion of digital citizenship comes along, which uh, in a way it is like, if you are an employee of Zoetis and you're in effect a digital citizen of Zoetis, and as a digital citizen of Zoetis, there are certain expectations of you and a certain level of uh, awareness that you need to have. So for example, um, in order to protect the company from cyber risks, it is not just the job of the chief information security officer. Every employee has a role to play. If I get a suspicious email, I need to know what to do. Uh, what are some of the, the basic uh, phishing and scam attempts that I should be aware of? So, so that is one example. There are other, other cases that in the data world is particularly relevant is, is around data quality. So when you think about data quality, you have many organizational elements who are like data stewardship, data management teams who think of data quality as their full-time job. I would argue that you need to make data quality everyone's problem. And so, for example, with the deployment of software as service solutions like Workday in companies, mm -hmm. one of the persistent problems across many enterprises is the quality of uh, HR, uh, HR data. Mm -hmm. Well, it is the responsibility of every manager, every employee to make sure that the data in the HR systems is accurate. It is not just the job of HR or not just the job of data and technology professionals. So how do you help the, help everybody think about their responsibility in their functional context around elevating data quality? So just two examples of things that can be uh, wrapped under the envelope of digital citizen mm -hmm. to really talk to the wider audience to say that you all have a role to play. Yeah. So I think of the, that the digital upskilling in kind of two parts. One is the digital citizenship, what yeah. everybody should know. Beyond that, it is really depends on your role. If you're a leader, it means something different. If you're a SME in manufacturing and supply chain, it means something different, et cetera. And then, um, thinking uh, in partnership with business areas to really look at what is that we need to drive. So, um, in, in, so you know, just to round out that answer, it is really one part is as data analytics professional becoming a proficient boundary spanner and being able to have custom conversations depending on the audience. Yeah. Second is how do you uh, promote a broader conversation, the organization around digital citizenship and other topics. That's a that was, that's a really great um, complete answer you gave, Krishna. Um, but as you were talking though, um, and you know, you and I have a similar background in, in data management. I'm I'm always curious about who is ultimately evangelizing all these concepts of data citizenship. It certainly goes beyond the chief data officer because you really have to apply yep. the business problems and be able to say and explain it in a way to every employee, how it affects their work and why they should be doing it. So ultimately, who are all the parties involved that um, should be pushing for um, global citizenship and up digital upskilling that you talked about? Yeah, I think it, it cannot be the purview and a singular purview of a chief digital officer or a chief data officer. It, it just won't sustain an organization that way. The old, I think of digital as a lever uh, in any uh, future job family or job role. It is going to be a critical element among many other aspects of a job role. When you think about that from that perspective, from a competency framework standpoint, then what we need to do really is to A, partner with 
organizational development teams in, in HR, as well as with the business area to make digital uh, a, a real uh, topic within the competency framework of the various job families within the companies. So what does that mean? It means that instead of having generic conversations around digital, well, if you are a sales rep in the field, what does digital mean and digital acumen for uh, mean for that sales rep is fundamentally different from somebody who is on a manufacturing site. Mm -hmm. So how do we build that into the competency for framework part one? And how do we have the right level of learning agenda that allows employers to progress on that part two. Part three is how do you build that into your recruitment strategies? So that as we think about the future workforce, they're coming into it with a, and you're evaluating future talent pool also with digital data analytics as a lever. So those are the topics that I'm, uh, I'm in, engaged in conversations within, within Zoetis right now with our uh, head of HR, as well as increasingly business areas to say, how should we think about it? Because uh, in my experience, unless we move forward again in, with a coalition in this, uh, you can have some short-term wins, but sustainable success would uh, elude us. Hmm. That's interesting. So actually, in this, um, while we're talking about the scope, um, so in the technology world, if let's say somebody is in charge of a CRM, rollout CRM, it's a very mm -hmm. clearly defined thing, program, okay, I rolled out CRM, I rolled yep. out ERP, right? So now uh, you talked about this, uh, having a short-term wins uh, so that you, you keep building your credibility and then yep. also having the long-term vision, right? So yep. given that, you know, long-term is long-term, you know, you are not there to prove that your long-term strategy has been successful. So can you give us some case studies or use cases from your past example? Yep. What do you mean by this pragmatic wins that you want to keep building to build your credibility so you can execute in the longer term strategy. It could be from Bristol, it could be from Zoetis, whatever, like things that yep. you could talk. Yeah, I think it in, uh, uh, in, in a recent past, I came into role as a, as a data leader. So mm -hmm. I had all of the uh, accountabilities of a chief data officer without the lofty title. <laughs> uh, and uh, coming into that role, we were, in a, we were moving from a very, um, heterogeneous mix of data organizations across functionalism. That that was the first time we were bringing all of this constituencies under one enterprise data uh, organization umbrella. So going going back to the earlier part of following a pragmatic roadmap, it became very clear to us that you know the, the there is significant evolution needs to be done from an enterprise data landscape standpoint. Okay. But rather than just lead with that. Uh, what we did was we led with something called a rapid data lab. The idea behind that was that we wanted to bring together a SEAL Team 6 or a SWAT team of data engineers, data SMEs, and business analysts together and you know, airlift them into different data and analytic problem situations that the business areas are facing mm -hmm. and deliver value in days and weeks. Not months and years, but days and weeks. Yes, we may need to make some compromises in terms of the technology solution and data solution, but we really built a, a built for purpose, a rapid data lab team invested uh, behind them so that they don't have to go through project approvals for every piece of work that they do. We started that in the first year with an idea that we want to do around 75 to 100 initiatives of various size. Mm. We finished that year with 440. Wow. Now, that it, we learned a lot from it, right? To say, what are the kind of uh, data challenges that exist? What are the value creation? Some of the use cases we attacked 
uh, didn't persist beyond an initial value creation. But out of that it, uh, came two real outcomes. One, you developed much more credible partnerships across the enterprise. So you, because you are there, you're showing value, you're helping them solve business problems in real time. Second, we developed a very strong understanding of what needs to really evolve in the underlying data, data and system fabric of the company to make it sustainable. Then the second part, we positioned an enterprise data and analytic engineering team to embark on a multi-year cloud transformation. And we really built an enterprise uh, data lake ecosystem without ever saying the word enterprise or data or lake. Yeah. Um, because I think, they, again, the notion is because it's so people are so much fatigued around all of these notions. But we do we did realize that we have so many si data silos that we need to bridge them. So we created uh, the right kind of a reference architecture, technology stack, uh, as well as deciding what is the cloud strategy we want to pursue. But then we talk to each business areas in terms of how do we enable various use cases for them. And whether it is for R&D, whether it is for manufacturing and supply chain, whether it is for sales and marketing or HR, mm -hmm. all of those data were platformed into this uh, underlying, you know, quote unquote enterprise data lake architecture without ever selling an enterprise data lake multi-year program. So, so I show that as an example of kind of a two-track strategy to say, have a focus to deliver value, build credibility and relationships. You will learn a lot from it through something like a rapid data lab. Simultaneously, you also need a, a significant uh, focus to really move in that forward. The other part that you touched on, which is an interesting angle is, when you look at the, a, a, the technology landscape of a modern company, it is increasingly getting split between a bunch of software as service solutions, multi-cloud custom yeah. fit solutions. It is really not a landscape uh, that enables coherent thinking in terms of uh, data strategy, data architecture, and data standardization. So when you come into a role like mine, you have, a, you have an accountability to make sure that data and analytics is powering value, but you also have an accountability to partner with other system and business process owners to think uh, also about data architecture, data standards, data quality upfront yeah. in implementing an ERP platform or implementing in, a, in a, a human capital platform or a CRM, et cetera. Because always what happens is this is after the fact. Yeah. You implement ERP and then think about what analytics use cases can be enabled with ERP data and then you're always fighting that battle. Mm -hmm. It's not easy, but that's the other angle that, uh, that needs to be pursued as well. Krishna, I mean, every time I, I listen to you talk, I, I, I learn a lot, um, for sure. And, you know, it, it sounds like you, you, you have a, a vision, there's certainly certain concepts to executing the strategy. I'm just curious whether um, you, you think this is a formula that can be applied to any industry or when you when working in healthcare, have you what parts of this strategy have you tailored specifically to the healthcare industry? And love to be able to dissect some of those differences. Yeah, I think this um, uh, part of uh, uh, part of my recent passion has been teaching part time at uh, Carnegie Mellon, where I teach in the executive education program, and the audience is aspiring CIOs and CDOs uh, of. Uh, uh, recently, I was teaching the, the for a course for the U.S. Army. 
an interesting stakeholder group uh, in there as well. Hmm. well what I talked to, uh, what I talked there is that I think the generic formula around making sure that you're value focused, making sure that you're really uh, taking the mindset of what, how do we move the stakeholders to a point of consensus around these topics uh, through the right size conversations is relevant for everybody. So I think the generic formula is, I think industry agnostic and domain agnostic. But where uh, you need to be really proficient at is in how do you engage different audience especially in a healthcare setting. And if, if I take a pharma organization, if you take an R&D organization in pharma, these are really deep, you know, multi-PhD, computational researchers, advanced uh, data science at the cross-section of biology, computer science uh, and analytics. And the, so you need, you, the kind of conversations you need to have with them is fundamentally different from a stakeholder group, let's say in sales and marketing and brand managers and, uh, and, and those with PNL accountability or those in finance, et cetera. So the, 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 the custom fitting to the industry comes in to say, and this is the hardest part that analytic teams and, and data science uh, leaders have to solve for us because you need a combination of talent who can understand that business process context mm -hmm. and can have that business conversation can translate that into quantitative problem statements and data analytic problem statements that you can work and solve for. And then the storytelling and to make sure that the stakeholders understand what they can and cannot do with the, uh, the insights that you're gleaning from it. Now that is a unicorn combination <laughs> if you have a lot of times to be able to bridge that. So um, I think the, the custom fitting to comes in from the making sure that you're able to address to your company's business context, your legacy, the DNA of the company, the culture of the company, as well as the various uh, business units and the organizational reality of the company. So yes, a generic model in terms of making sure that you're acutely value focused, really focused on stakeholder engagement, focus on spending your in a honeymoon period on value creation and credibility build out, but equally be focused on a long-term strategic roadmap. Those are relevant uh, in across industries, I would argue. But you need to custom fit depending on the company situation. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you liked what you heard today and would like to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite player like iTunes and Spotify. And please do rate our podcast. Also, please go to our website, www.datatransformerspodcast.com for more episodes, blogs, and information on our speakers. Thank you.